Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. I still want to stay camped here in Psalm 106 for a little while longer because I want to continue what we've been talking about. And I want to go back a few episodes where we dealt with what the Psalm says about our sin, specifically verse 6, both we and our fathers have sinned, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedness. The question is, how do you respond when the Bible tries to get you to see your sin. Now, culturally, we respond by saying, this is not good for my self-esteem. This is not good for my self-image. I don't need this right now. I need positive thoughts. I need to think positively about myself. Remember I said that I have personally found tremendous freedom when confronting my sin through the way the Bible describes it and the way the Bible wants me to see it, rather than ignore it, it's been really helpful for me, even therapeutic, to shine the light on it in a really honest way. And, 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 and what I really want us to catch is that when we don't understand that, when we try to keep our sin high, hidden, denying it, minimizing it, blaming others for whatever dysfunction is in our lives because of it, we're never going to find true healing. We're never going to live this bigger life and walk in this better story that God has for us. The better story requires that we hit our sin head on, that we go through it instead of trying to always go around it. And the reason why we try to go around it is because we don't understand the gospel. We've been looking at a few verses in the last episode that helped us sort of meditate on, last couple episodes, soaking in, meditating on promises in the Bible that are true for us in Christ. It's the positive kind of affirming things the Bible says about us because we're in Christ. And what we have to do is pull that thread through the needle. The reason why the Bible says those things about us, because that is the promise of the gospel, that is the goal, that is the whole thing. But to get there, we have to be conformed to the image of Christ. And being conformed to the image of Christ requires that we go through and deal with, well, what this verse here says, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedness, we've sinned. So the Apostle John writes in the New Testament, he writes in 1 John as a letter toward the end of the New Testament, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him. He's talking about Jesus. He spent three years with Jesus. And so he's saying, this is what we heard from him and declare to you, here it is, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And we do not live out the truth. You can't live the bigger life without living out the truth. Verse 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. 
My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, he's not meaning there that everybody's sins are going to be forgiven by Jesus, because clearly the Bible talks about judgment, talks about those who aren't forgiven of sins. So he's talking there about it's offered to the whole world. Those who want it can have it. If you want to embrace this, then embrace it, and you have it by embracing it. He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins, he says in verse 9. What that means is God doesn't do double jeopardy. He doesn't pay for your sin in the body of Jesus on the cross and make you pay for it for forgiveness. He forgives once for all. The death of Jesus, the sacrifice, he doesn't come back again now and punish you for your sins after Jesus paid for them. He's, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins by, he says here, by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, he says in verse 7. So John here is talking about if we want to live out this incredible life of forgiveness and having Christ be our righteousness and having Christ be our advocate with the Father and having fellowship with God, having communion is the idea, having this relationship, this oneness that we live out with God. And he said, fellowship with one another, this new humanity that we've been brought into through Christ, that if we really want to live that out and experience the joy of that, experience the love of that kind of community and that kind of communion with God, then we have to be honest about our sin. We can't live in that kind of fellowship and that kind of communion and then at the same time deny our sin, try to hide our sin, minimize our sin, blame our dysfunction on somebody else instead of our sin, instead of taking responsibility for our sin, we blame it on somebody else. Those are all the dysfunctions that prevent real fellowship and real communion with God and with one another. So you and I have to learn how to confess well if we want to live in this bigger story. Because he says in verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And we make God a liar. We are accusing God of being a liar if we try to deny our sin. But here's the deal. Part of the problem is we confuse accusation in our head about ourselves versus conviction. This is a big deal. You have to understand the difference between thoughts that are accusing you rather than thoughts that are convicting you. Thoughts that are accusing you are, well, that the the accuser in the Bible is the devil. The word devil comes from the Greek word that means slanderer. That what makes the devil the devil is the slander. He always speaks. He's constantly accusing and and blaming. And very first chapters of the Bible in Genesis 3, he's accusing God of holding out on Adam and Eve. He's accusing God of not wanting their good, not wanting their best. They need to take things into their own hands, literally. And that's the way they're going to experience what God's trying to hold back from them. He's accusing God. In the book of Revelation, it says that, that he is the accuser of the believers, accusing them before God day and night in Revelation 12. 
10. So we have to understand the difference between the voice of the accuser, the voice that's demonic in our heads and that is there, versus the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean literally talking, but I mean this, this impression on our mind about whether or not we're being accused of sin versus convicted of sin. And, and the thing is, is that accusation is demonic. And we have to differentiate that from the Holy Spirit. We don't want to follow demonic accusation regarding our sin. We want to follow a conviction that comes by the Holy Spirit. Accusation is to drive you further from God and further from fellowship with one another, is to drive you into isolation, more and more isolation. That's the purpose of accusation regarding your sin. Whereas conviction, the purpose is to bring you near. John says, we have fellowship with one another when we confess our sins and openly admit our sins. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and we have fellowship with God because we walk in the light as he is in the light. The purpose of conviction is to bring us near to God and bring us near to those who are part of this community that brings fellowship, brings light, brings life in our lives. The purpose of accusation is to get you to focus on you, get you to focus on everything about you, your failures, your unworthiness, and all the ways that you are no good. Whereas the purpose of conviction is to get you to focus on Christ. He's our advocate before the Father. It's his blood that allows us to have purification from our sins. God doesn't do double jeopardy. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Because Christ has our sacrifice. Christ is the reason why we have this relationship with God, fellowship with God. He's our high priest. He's made the sacrifice once for all. Nothing has to be added to that sacrifice. Accusation is designed to get you stuck in quicksand. Not making any progress in your Christian faith, not making any progress in living into the bigger story that God has for you. Remember, Hebrews 10 says that he has made holy once and for all those who are being made perfect. The part of the process of being made perfect is this idea of being conformed to the image of Christ. The Holy Spirit is doing that in our lives now because the kingdom of God starts now in our life. And part of the kingdom of God is living into this bigger story and being conformed to the fullness of who God is for us in Christ, the image of God for us in Christ. And that starts now. And so the Holy Spirit is getting rid of the things that make us little lesser humans, make us little dysfunctional people who are living in the mud of our misery because of our sin and because of the monsters that thrive in the darkness of us denying our sin and hiding our sin and blaming our sin on others rather than taking responsibility for it. And so the Holy Spirit is convicting us of sin so that we can be brought into more and more the fullness of the image of Christ, being conformed to the image of Christ, that we will be in the resurrection in the kingdom of God, and it starts now. We're learning lessons now. We're wanting things differently now. Accusation is to keep you in hypocrisy, whereas conviction is to bring you into honesty. Honesty about your sin. You're not afraid to be honest about it because you know it's been forgiven. You have an advocate before the Father. You've been cleansed by the blood of Christ, and you can have fellowship by walking in the light. It's the light. The, the being honest about our sin that allows us to live a bigger life. 
So, for example, when again looking at Psalm 106, and Psalm 106 said in verse 20, they exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. Now, when you read that verse, if you're being thoughtful, if you're being meditative, it's not going to be long before you start to realize, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you have an issue looking at pornography, you might think of that verse all of a sudden realizing, do I exchange the glory of God for images? Am I doing that? Am I embracing images by exchanging the glory of God for the glory of some image that I would rather pursue than the promise of all that God is for me in Christ. Now, if you have that thought from that verse, accusation, if you're going to listen to accusation, it would be something along the lines of, I'm, I've, I've exchanged the glory of God for images. I'm not a real Christian. I'm not some, I'm no good. I'm a terrible person. And the focus is on you. It's about the condemnation of you as a person. Whereas conviction says, I don't want to be this. I don't want that. That's not worthy of me because this is, I'm somebody who is a believer. I don't want to exchange the glory of God for images. This is an act that's destructive. It's not a condemnation of you as a person. Rather, it's a conviction that this is a behavior you don't want to do. It's destructive. Accusation focuses on the loss of your esteem. If I get caught, what are other people going to think of me? Whereas conviction is more the loss of communion with God and walking in the light. This is a sin that's destructive, and it interferes with my communion of walking with Christ. I'd rather walk in the glory of God. I'd rather walk walking toward God's glory than walking away from God's glory by embracing an image instead. That's conviction. Accusation is worried about what others think of you if you get caught, worried about getting caught. Accusation focuses on the fear of punishment. Now I'm going to get it. Now I've gone too far. God can't possibly like me. God can't possibly love me. Whereas conviction is more about this is destructive. This behavior is destructive, and it robs me of all that God has for me in Christ. God has glory for me, beauty for me, light. His love for me is my good, and he wants good for me. He is for me, according to Romans eight thirty one. And I'm walking away from his good. I'm walking away from his love. I'm walking away from his light in order to somehow try to find satisfaction in an image. But it's an image instead of the real glory. And I want the real glory. Conviction motivates, but accusation just sits in a sense of fear of punishment. Accusation keeps me in stuck in quicksand. It's just a, it, it gets me to repeat my sin because I'm living in this sense of being dirty and rotten sinner, and I'll never change. And sin is too powerful, and I'm I'm a victim of sin, and I'm gonna not change. And it keeps that's what accusation is designed to do. Whereas conviction gives me a sense of hope. It gives me a desire for light. It gives me a desire for righteousness. It makes me want to turn from my sin and turn toward Jesus. It makes me want to run toward Jesus in my sin, to bring my sin to Jesus. And I say, I want 
your glory. And if I'm not even there, I say, I want to want your glory more than these images. Because I know, according to Psalm 16, verse 2, that I have no good apart from you. There is no good apart from you. There's only darkness, and there's only death, and there's only thorns and thistles and dust. And I don't want that. I want glory and beauty and light and life and good that is found in your will, found in following you, found in coming toward you. That's what I want. And there's a sense of hope. And there's a sense of I'm going to have more good in my life walking with Jesus, walking in righteousness. Accusation brings a sense of alienation, a feeling of shame, a feeling of worthlessness. God can't love me. Whereas conviction says, it's because God loves me that I want to walk toward his love. I want to live in the goodness he has for me because he is for me. It's because God loves me that he wants me to, have, to, to be free from this sin, that he's freed me from this sin. Accusation gives a sense of shame that is depression and despair and a continued sense of guilt and worthlessness. And wanting to be isolated from others because you're just no good and you're not worth, you, you, you have this sense of unworthiness to be with others. Whereas conviction, in a weird way, the more honest you are about your sin when you're responding to conviction, it, it brings comfort. It brings hope. It brings this realized forgiveness. This sense of, I'm forgiven, I am new, I'm a new creation, I'm able to resist. Sin is not too powerful for me because I have the Holy Spirit in me. And if I blow it again, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to get up and walk with God. I'm going to wash off in the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Christ. And I'm going to have this sense that I'm being conformed to the image of Christ. God has not given up on me. I am going to walk toward him. I'm going to confess my sin. I'm going to be honest about my sin. I'm going to take responsibility for my sin. I'm going to own it instead of trying to disown it in the sense of denying it, minimizing it, blaming it on other people. And I'm going to reject it. I'm going to say, this is something I reject. This is something I give to Christ. I put it on the cross of Christ. And I draw near to your abundant, steadfast love. I turn away from this image, and I turn toward your glory. I turn toward your steadfast love for me, your abundant, infinite, steadfast love for me. And because you have washed me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit who has given me new life, you have washed me, and you have made me holy in Christ, and you have made me righteous in Christ." I am a child of God. I am a child of the light. I am a branch of the true vine. I am a servant of righteousness. I am a co-heir with Christ. I am a temple of God on earth. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am a new creation in Christ. In Christ, I am righteous and holy, and he is making me more righteous and holy in my life as well. I am a citizen of heaven. I am someone who has been crucified with Christ and made alive with Christ and raised with Christ and seated with Christ in heaven. And I am a citizen of heaven. And I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved by God. 
I am an enemy of the devil. I am an enemy of the darkness. And I am a child of the light. And I am a servant of the light. And I am in Christ, free forever from all condemnation because Christ has taken all my sin upon himself. I have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the atoning sacrifice for all my sin. And by the blood of Jesus, I am purified from all my sin. And I have been bought with a price, and I am not my own. I belong to God, and I want to glorify God with my body. I am delivered from the dominion of darkness, and I've been brought into the kingdom of light and love and glory and goodness. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. And so I praise the Lord, and I give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His steadfast love endures forever. It endures with me forever. His steadfast love is my stance forever with Him, because Christ is my advocate, He is my high priest, He is the atoning sacrifice for my sins. And so I stand in his grace and I stand in his steadfast love that endures with me, endures me forever. It endures through my sin forever and I turn from my sin, I turn from these images and I embrace the glory of all that God is for me in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.